I love that song. I know you can't sing it every week, but every time I hear it, I think, oh, I could hear that song every week. I have a story to share with you this morning. It's called A Thousand Marbles, and it was written, like so many, by Anonymous. The older I get, the more I enjoy Saturday mornings. Perhaps it's the quiet solitude that comes with being the first to rise, or maybe it's the unbounded joy of not having to work. Either way, the first few hours of a Saturday morning are some of my most enjoyable. A few weeks ago, I was shuffling toward the backyard patio with a steaming cup of coffee in one hand and the morning paper in the other. What began as a typical Saturday morning turned into one of those lessons that life seems to hand you from time to time. You see, I turned the dial up to listen to a Saturday morning talk show, and I heard an older-sounding gentleman with a golden voice. You know the kind. He sounded like he should be in the broadcasting business. He was telling whomever he was talking with something about a thousand marbles. And I was intrigued, so I stopped to listen to what he had to say. Well, Tom, it sounds truly sounds like you're very busy with your job. I'm sure they pay you well, but it's a shame you have to be away from home and your family so much. Hard to believe a young fellow should have to work 60 or 70 hours a week to make ends meet. Too bad you missed your daughter's dance recital. He continued, let me tell you something, Tom, something that has helped me keep a good perspective on my own priorities. And that's when he began to explain his theory of a thousand marbles. You see, I sat down one day and did a little arithmetic. The average person lives to be about 75 years old. I know some live more and some live less, but on average, folks live about 75 years. Now, then I multiplied 75 times 52 weeks of the year, and I came up with 3,900, which is the number of Saturdays that the average person has in their entire lifetime. Now, stick with me, Tom, because this is the important part. It took me until I was 55 years old to think about all of this in any detail. And by that time, I had lived through over 2,800 Saturdays. I got to think that if I lived to be 75, I only had 1,000 of them left to enjoy. So I went to the toy store and bought every single marble they had. I ended up having to visit three toy stores to make up 1,000 marbles. I took them home and put them inside of a large, clear container right there in the shack next to my gear. Every Saturday since then, I've taken one marble out and thrown it away. I found that by watching the marbles disappear, I focused more on the really important things in my life. There's nothing like watching your time here on this earth run out to help you get your priorities straight. Now, let me tell you one last thing before I sign off with you and take my lovely wife out for breakfast. This morning, I took the very last marble out of the container. I figured if I make it until next Saturday, then I've been given a little extra time. (laughs) And the one thing we can all use is a little more time. It was nice to meet you, Tom. I hope you spend more time with your family, and I hope I get to meet you again. You could have heard a pin drop on the radio when this fellow signed off. 
I guess he gave us all a lot to think about. I had planned to work that morning. Instead, I went upstairs and woke my wife up with a kiss. Come on, honey. Taking you and the kids out to breakfast. What brought this on, she said. Nothing special. It's just been a while since we spent a Saturday together, just you and me and the kids. By the way, would you mind if we stop at the marble store on the way out? (laughs) So normally at this service, I speak out in the middle because I don't, once I get my notes on paper, I don't really need them. But today I need them because I have some interesting numbers for you. I, I love this story. 3,900 Saturdays. I don't know how you heard that, but the first time I read it, I thought, is that all? Only 3,900? Now I get it that we might live a few years more, a few years less, depending. But that doesn't sound like very many Saturdays. And then, then I did the math. I'm going to be 52, which means I have roughly 27 Hundred Saturdays left. That's no, I'm sorry, that's backwards. I've already used 2,700. 2,704, as a matter of fact. So that doesn't leave a lot of Saturdays. And sa- this story probably rung true to my heart and, and hit me in a powerful way because Saturday is my day off with my family. And Mark and I have been talking about this for the last several weeks. I always seem to pull some little piece of Saturday aside. Okay, you don't have to say it's not a little piece. <laughs> Before you even say it, some little piece of Saturday usually goes to doing a last-minute bit of preparation for Sunday. So this story was really meaningful when I read it, and I hope that it's meaningful for you too because our exploration for this month is on the topic of time. And... It's an interesting, interesting topic to look at. I've been exploring all of the different ways that time is perceived. Because for me, up until recently, I kind of just thought about time as how many circles we make around the sun. Right? It's just just about measuring movement. But if you start researching time, you start finding out that some people believe time is the fourth dimension. That time is actually a scientific term and that it is something that plays on us that we can't get away from. So we have 24 days in uh, 24 hours in the day, 1440 minutes in the day, 86,400 seconds in the day. And the average number of days you'll live if you turn 80 is 29,200 That's not as many as I expected. That concerns me just a little. Considering the fact that I've used some of that time. It's a, it's a very interesting thing to consider all the different ways that we perceive time. That we tend to watch the clock and uh, measure what we're supposed to do according to the clock. And so there are a couple of things that I've learned about time that I want to share with you. One is that time only moves in one direction. So whatever happened in the past, we don't get to go back to it. We can remember it, but time is is an arrow going one way. And there aren't very many things in life that only move in one direction. 
Time is one of those things that once it's used, we can't go back to it. The other thing that I've learned is that time causes entropy. And entropy means that something re, uh, reduces itself to chaos. So an example of that would be if you, if you uh, set your papers on your desk, over time, your stack of papers will get taller. If you leave it there long enough, your stack of papers will fall over. If you have children running through the house like I do, that happens more quickly than it might. But the point is that time causes things to come apart and to to come to chaos. We would be very surprised if we laid all of our papers out on the paper on the on the top of our desk and came back and over time they neatly sacked themselves, wouldn't they? <laughs> be nice if they did, but it doesn't work that way. So it's important to know that about time because we're looking at a new year. And one might ask, why do we as human beings make this meaning? Because we are meaning makers, aren't we? Why do we make this meaning that once a year we're going to start the year over? One of the considerations to that is entropy. That we may be starting the year over so that we can end the chaos that we've created in our last year and start something new. That we have to have a place where we know this ends and we start something fresh. And it kind of feels that way, doesn't it? When you get to the end of the year and you think, oh, thank God, there's a new year coming. Even if it was a great year, we're excited about the change in time. Well, did anything change but our perception? No. And perception is everything when it comes to time. Because time is not something we can encapsulate. We can't sell it at the grocery store. It's our most valuable commodity. Everything that we do happens in time. So much so that our language revolves around it. Every day we ask ourselves, is it time to work? Is it time to play? Is it time to eat? Is it time to get up? Is it time to go to bed? We measure what we're going to do and when we're going to do it in terms of time. We'll do it in due time. We'll do it in a split second. In two shakes of a lamb's tail, whatever that means. We'll do it in the nick of time. And we know things according to time. We know time heals all wounds. We know a stitch in time saves nine. We know there's no time like the present, and we know time flies when you're having fun. And just a cotton-picking minute. <laughs> These references of time move backwards. A stitch in time saves nine is an interesting reference. It, it comes from the Anglo-Saxon, uh, from our Anglo-Saxon heritage. And uh, at a time when we didn't have a sewing machine and when there was a tear in the fabric, you had to stitch it right there. So if you stitched once, the fabric wouldn't tear anymore. If you didn't, you might have to make nine stitches to repair. So that's where that statement comes from. Everything that we do, we refer to in terms of time. And I invite you to pay attention to how many times you refer to time just today. How many times it comes up. I've heard it without counting this lesson seven times so far in the conversation that we've had this morning. So I want you to notice how important this concept is. It is 
the greatest treasure we have, and we have the belief that it's passing. You heard Derek say this morning that we believe we don't have enough. And I want to challenge you this morning on your belief that you don't have enough. Because time is largely about our experience. And we know that when we're having a great time and we focus on something, time becomes everything, doesn't it? That particular one moment is all-consuming. And if we allow it to, time flies by. And it's gone again. Do you know how long a moment is? All these questions come up when I'm writing this stuff. How long is a moment anyway? A moment is one fortieth of an hour. Did you know that? That equates to roughly 90 seconds. <laughs> no, you have. There's a real measurement for that. So I'll be back to you in a moment. One of my favorite jokes, and I'm not a big fan of blonde jokes, but this one is a blonde joke, so I'll apologize in advance to all of the blondes in the room. There was a blonde, and she was walking around the mall, and she kept stopping people and saying, can you please tell me what time it is? And the first person said, it's 11.45, and the next person said, yeah, I think it's about 11.47. And she walked around the mall all day long, and the last person she asked, she said, what time is it? And he said, oh, it's 4.35. And she said, you know, I've been asking that question all day, and every time I get a different answer. (laughs) How do you use your time? How do you use it? Because every moment is a different answer, isn't it? Every moment that is by 11.45 yesterday is completely different than 11.45 today. Every single moment has value. And when we talk about spending our year creating sacred moments, it's very important for us to understand our time. To begin to explore and ask questions about a concept that is seemingly as simple as the clock on the wall and more complex than anything we generally take time to explore. So this month we're going to talk about what time is And what time is not. And some of you will leave here today saying time is a very solid scientific structure. And some of you will leave today saying time is just an illusion. There's no such thing. And in either case, I challenge you that you're not considering that you are the creators of time. And that what you create has structure and worth in your life. So if you choose to create a firm structure that limits what you can do, and say, I don't have enough time, then that is what you'll create. And if you choose to structure your life in such a way as to say, all the time I need is available to me, that is what you'll create. Because time is purely experiential. And I invite you to spend this month with me really looking at your time. And I have some words of wisdom to share On that topic. Henry Frederick Amiel said. Time and space are fragments of the infinite. For use of finite creatures. Thomas Fuller said. Those that make the best use of their time. 
have none to spare. Harvey McKay said, time is free, but it's priceless. You can't own it, but you can use it. You can't keep it, but you can spend it. And once you've lost it, you can never get it back. And finally, from Steve Jobs, your time is limited, so don't waste it living someone else's life. Don't be trapped by dogma, which is living with the results of other people's thinking. Don't let the noise of other people's opinions drown out your own inner voice. And most important, have the courage to follow your heart and your intuition. They somehow already know what you truly want to become. Get your feelings.